It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hi, you guys. I know, I know. I don't care where you are. Right now, this winter has already been a rough one. We've had record low temperatures in kind of odd places like the South and snowstorms across the country. But this is not a podcast about the weather. We do American Dream success stories here. And my guests today, two brothers, have made an absolute fortune on a single idea they cooked up for staying warm and getting cozy in chilly weather. I want to welcome Brian and Michael Special, co-founders of The Comfy, that soft, warm, blanket, poncho, hoodie thingy that's revolutionized the word cozy. Hi, guys. Welcome to Everybody Talks to Liz. Hi, Liz. Thanks for having us. Uh, Hello, Liz. Hi. I just threw out some key words, okay, (laughs) to our listeners. Single idea and fortune. And the thing about your story is that it's really proof that the two can go hand in hand, but you're about to reveal the secret ingredients that you added to join these two together because the two are very far apart. I mean, you don't just get a fortune with a single idea, right? I mean, Michael, you're the one who sort of had that light bulb moment, uh, which is ironic considering you created this cold weather product growing (laughs) up in Phoenix, Arizona. Really? (laughs) Two dudes from the desert, two brothers from the desert. Can you believe that? Yeah, inventing this cold weather product. But I'll just uh, go back real quick and tell you why, uh, how we invented this, how, how it came about. It was uh, in 2017, uh, February 2017, February 20th to be exact. And uh, I was going through a real tough time, going through a divorce. And uh, thankfully, my big brother had an extra room in his house. And uh, he takes me in like a good big brother does. So one morning, I get up and I walk out in the living room. And I look over and sitting on the couch is my brother's seven-year-old son, my nephew, his name is Saxon. And he's sitting there in one of my brother's old hoodies. So it just absolutely swallows him up. And he's got his knees pulled in. He's got his arms pulled into it. He's got the hood up. So he's just in there in a little cocoon, right? I just kind of catch eyes with him. He's actually in there playing one of his little video games. And we lock eyes and I say, Saxon, you just look so warm and comfy. You know, and I look over at my big bro and I'm like, man, bro, you think they make something like that for adults? Wouldn't everybody want to feel like that? You know, just that warm, cozy, secure feeling, right? And uh, there was a blanket laying over the back of the couch and it had Sherpa lining on it and microfiber in the outside. And we kind of looked at it and put two to two together and like, man, maybe we could make it out of something like that. And boom, light bulb moment, just like that. The world's first truly wearable blanket was born at that moment. Brian, at this moment, you're looking at Saxon. I love that name, by the way. Little seven-year-old musher. You know, my son, who's 17, still pulls his tiny hoodie over his head and has his phone under it. Like, dude, what are you doing? And yet, I just look at it and think, okay, he's weird. You looked at it and thought it was an idea. Brian, what did you think when he I didn't think... I didn't think anything of it at the at the time. I mean, I, I guess looking back on it now, I'm very glad that my son uh, enjoyed going into my closet and stealing my clothes because uh, that seemed to work <laughs> out pretty well for us. 
but yeah, he was just sitting there on the, on the couch and I was sitting next to him scrolling Twitter and Michael, you know, uh, mentioned that. And right then when he, when he mentioned it, don't they make these for, wouldn't it be great if they made these for adults? I mean, really we did start grinding and, and putting two and two together. Cause it's like, wait a second. Yeah. Surely somebody does do something like that. But we thought there was something to the, the wearable blanket thing. There had been the Snuggie in the past, but that's really, you know, nothing even remotely similar to our product. Um, right. We wanted to make something that was that was better than that, something that was a truly wearable blanket, something that is enclosed all the way around and makes you feel like you're, you know, like you're a little kid, like you are wearing a blanket. And that's exactly what we set out to do. And am um, I the only one who the Snuggie thing didn't work for because my feet get burning hot. Like you don't want to be in close, like you can't breathe. And that's kind of the beauty of, of what the comfy really is. Right, Brian? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. The Snuggie, uh, you know, people like to say that they do like to still compare us to the Snuggie, but the Snuggie is like wearing a hospital gown backwards. Right. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's still open in the back. It's not something you can get off the couch and walk around with. Our whole thing was we wanted to have a wearable blanket that you could take your dog out for a walk, that you can cozy up on the couch and that you could do chores around the house, work in the kitchen, whatever the case may be. And that's proven out to be a, a pretty uh, successful idea because people talk about it all the time, how it's changed their lives and it makes their lives better. And where has this thing been my entire life? And we like to say that you put the, the comfy on. It's this gigantic, oversized, wearable blanket. People look at it, they, they just kind of laugh. Ha, 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 this thing's hilarious. But it's, it's not a novelty. And you wear it for about five seconds and you, you stop laughing and you go, wait a second, where has this thing been my entire life? This is the most comfortable thing I've ever had on my body. So you immediately go from the ha-ha moment to the aha moment. And that really is the magic uh, of the I, mean, I see what you did there. And, and <laughs> the interesting thing, Michael, is that um, when you look at an idea, and thinking, wait a minute, and then you Google and you realize there's nothing else out there. There's a big leap to go from that to, huh, let's get the fabric. Let's start stitching. <laughs> what can I back up? I mean, were you guys little entrepreneurs growing up in Arizona? Well, I actually, at the time, I was running a swimming pool business, service and repair business, my own. So I was, uh, I was definitely an entrepreneur. My brother was actually in uh, the TV uh, production side of things. So he was running his own, own business as well. So we we're always entrepreneurs at heart. So uh, coming together though, and doing it with your brother was absolutely huge. Being able to bounce things off each other, pick each other up when we're down, you know, the highs and lows for sure. That was a huge, huge part of this. And, uh, you know, we went from idea, that idea on February 20th of 2017 to in front of the sharks in six months. That's how fast it happened. So we like to move, you know, very quickly, um, but we are ignorant through the whole thing. You know, we're being told no a lot of a lot of times, and we just keep pushing, and just just keep moving forward. And isn't uh, that we, part of it though um, that you're too ignorant to know that you can't overcome all of these issues that come with designing a piece of apparel? Let's start with that moment where you said, "Okay, let's try and make this thing." You guys have to. I don't know. Do, do you go to the fabric store, Michael's, and pick out something and then start? I mean, did either of you sew? Oh, gosh. No, no. but Absol the one Absol thing, one thing we were good at, Michael, <laughs> was going on to Google and figuring this all out. I mean, you got the, yep. you've got the sum of human knowledge in your, in, in your hand, in your pocket. Everyone does. So the barrier to entry for anything entrepreneurial is so much lower, and, and there's not as much resistance as there might have been you know, 20 years ago. 
So we simply went out and found a prototype maker um, who did apparently kind of items. And lo and behold, there was one in Mesa, Arizona, about 30 minutes away from us. So we called him up, took some blankets down to him, told him what we wanted to do. Uh, he looked at us like we were completely nuts. Um, but then he got to work on it. And lo and behold, uh, it took probably, I don't know, six weeks to two months to get the final prototype. And it was, it was really exactly uh, what we wanted. And we knew we had something to, to take to Shark Tank at that point. Michael, that's not even that long. No. It didn't, it really didn't take that long, you know, and that was us just uh, pushing it forward. It really helped finding that prototype maker in Phoenix. So we were able to meet with them, you know, on a, on a weekly basis for sure. But, you know, you mentioned Michael's, it was actually Joanne's that Brian and I were in together. Uh. Never been in a Joanne's <laughs> in our lives. And we're sitting there, you know, during the first few weeks of this and we're going through fabric and feeling it and act like we know what the hell we're doing and look at each other and just like, what the hell are we doing, man? <laughs> like, we don't, don't really know what we're doing. Let's just get the best fabric, softest fabric we can find. And, uh, you know, just try to use some common sense and take it into the prototype ma maker, give him our ideas, no measurements, nothing whatsoever. And uh, he came back the first time and it was kind of, uh, it, it was okay the first one for sure. Not exactly what we wanted. Uh, we we uh, made some adjustments from there. And believe it or not, the second prototype is what you see today. You're that's kidding. How that's how fast it happened. I mean, were yep, you guys quick. acting like, you know, Yves Saint Laurent? <laughs> oh, I think we need a little cut on the bias here. Or, I mean, were you just saying, dude, make the hoodie bigger? Uh, pretty much. You know, a lot actually did go into it, believe it or not, because once we once we had the idea and we knew what we wanted, I mean, even all the way down to like how large the uh, armholes were so you could easily pull in your elbows. That was part of it. And that was all inspired by Saxon sitting on the couch with his arms pulled in. We wanted to go over the knee. So, you know, we ended up making basically a 76 inch waist. So you can just pull it over your knees, pull your arms in. The hood is ginormous as well. And that was that was all planned. Really, when it came down to it, you, we tr we wanted to make the world's first truly wearable blanket. This is not a sweatshirt. You know, you're actually wearing your blanket. So that was the idea. We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listen Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Brian, what, what issues popped up once you had that second prototype that worked and you started, I would imagine, ordering product. You had to order more. You had to order more of the fabric. Then you came up with other ideas. What was the first wall you bumped into? I think the first wall was how we were going to how we were going to launch this thing. Okay, mm -hmm. and we knew that we had a product that we, almost from day one, almost before we even had the prototype made. It's like this is something that could go on Shark Tank. It's very visual. It's very. We have a we have a good story to tell. Mm -hmm. uh, we can come up with a pitch that'll that'll make us memorable. Um, and so going through that process, which we began in May of 2017, so 
just over three months after we had the idea and within a, a month of having the first prototype, we were in Denver auditioning for the uh, auditioning for Shark Tank. And that process was a lot of no's every single step of the way. And you just push through and you just persevere. You keep telling yourself, why not us? Why can't we do this? Of course we can. Uh, and hope that you that you end up making it through ultimately. How much money had you invested, Michael, at that point when you started to try and get on Shark Tank? And where'd that money come from? That's a good question. Uh, you know, Brian and I, you know, I was, obviously I told you I was going through a divorce. So uh, funds can get extremely tight if anyone's gone through a divorce very quickly. So didn't have, didn't have a lot of money, but we actually uh, went to my parents and uh, borrowed from them uh, to get this thing going. So, you know, at that point, I'd say we were probably 10 to $20,000 into it, you know, getting the prototype and everything like that going. But then the big challenge is, okay, we're going to get on Shark Tank. We're going to launch this thing. And we're going we're gonna to launch this thing on Shark Tank night. And our whole goal was to get on the Christmas episode in 2017, in December. And uh, we're like, we're going to need product by then. You know, and we were told no all the way through. There's no chance this can happen. We also needed money. So which my parents borrowed a pretty significant amount of money to get our first container uh, made and on the water and into a warehouse, into a 3PL, so we could get it out on Shark Tank night. Oh, okay. So, Brian, talk about that conversation you had with your parents. Um, <laughs> Mom, Dad? I wasn't there. <laughs> I designed. <laughs> we had both, but we had both borrowed money from our parents in the past. Michael, Michael, I, I would say had. Um, I always remember him in Vegas. Bet big to win big, baby. You got to bet big to win big. So Michael, uh, in his past, uh, definitely took that to heart with uh, you know some real estate things that he did and. You know, not, not everything always works out the way that you expect it to. So he was a little gun shy about going to the parents to, to ask them to, to borrow some money. And my dad, when we took the prototype over to him, or when I did, because uh, again, Michael wasn't there, um, my dad was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing ever, blah, blah, blah. This is incredible. And my mom did not want to hear a word. She, when, when, when she came outside where I was showing my dad, I'm like, mom, come here, you got to see this. She immediately was like, is this that blank? I don't even want to see it. You know, she just gets so scared about the entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial uh, side of us. <laughs> My parents, both nine to fives, both uh, you know, a teacher, a systems analyst, work eight hours a day, work for the man, get your 401k, retire comfortably, which they have done and they did it, you know, they did it brilliantly and we admire very much. But man, the working for the man and, and uh uh, it was not something that ever appealed to us. We always wanted to work for ourselves. It drove them crazy, but ultimately they decided to uh, help us out and we would not be where we are today without them uh, in how, all ways. How nervous were you guys in ordering enough product required to appear? I mean, I've talked to people who wanted to pitch things to QVC or whatever, these shopping channels, and they they tell you, well, you got to pay to make sure you have a million pieces because we have a lot of viewers, but there's no guarantee that you'll sell those million pieces. And it's, it's very much a weird formula. So you're, you're ready to go on Shark Tank. You've been accepted. And what was your plan, Michael, to really stand out from everybody else who's pitching something? Well, we were, uh, I guess we could say it now, we're a little bit cocky to say the least. So we knew we were going to sell through our product. We knew it was a product for everyone. Uh, we had that confidence. We were going into Shark Tank with 100% confidence we were, we were going to get a deal with one of the sharks. 
that's just kind of how we how we had to treat this thing. We we're moving so quickly, you know, to make it make it a success. We just absolutely knew it. So, but we could only we could ma- we could only we only have so much money to maximize that out. So, we we had enough money to get one container in, which is about four thousand units. Okay, not not a significant amount, you know, especially right. from what we've done, you know, <laughs> lately. But uh, it w- it was enough to get us going, uh, to get the, to get the product out there, to get it in people's hands, customers' hands, to make sure, you know, that we we have something proven here that's going to work. So, how many colors did you start units. with? Three colors. That's it. Gray, blue, and pink. That that simple as that. And you know, the great thing about the comfy is there's no sizing. It's one size for everyone, so you don't have to worry about it. I mean, it's <laughs> Which has worked out great because our, our return rate is a fraction of one percent. <laughs> nice. So yeah, not having not you know not having sizing, it just it fits basically everyone in the world. So it's we like to say it. It's kind of the perfect product, the perfect gift, and uh, yeah, keep moving. Well, the confidence is really important for our listeners to know because you're going to be surrounded by people, are you not? Who say, "What are you doing? What you guys?" Grow up. Since when do you make a, a poncho hoodie blanket thing? Like what? What is going on? Isn't part of it, Brian, tuning out all the negative people in your life and only letting in the people who believe in you? You know, my uh, our mom always said to us uh, when we were growing up, whether it was school, sports, girls, whatever it was, why not you? Why, why not you? Why does it have to be someone else? Right. So we took that mantra uh, to heart. I mean, we just kept saying, why not us? Why, why can't, why can't we do this? So yeah, you do have to tune out the noise because you do have people saying, wait, it's April and you guys think you're going to have product ready by December for shark tank. This takes a year and a half to two years to get, to get this done. And, but we just refused to, to accept. It was always why. Why does it take that long? It does just because someone says it takes that long. Just someone says, you can't do it doesn't mean that, that, that you can't. And so we just pushed through every barrier that, that was put in front of us mm. in terms of getting the prototype made, in terms of getting on Shark Tank that fast, in terms of getting to market that fast, in terms of getting into retail that fast. It was a breakneck, uh, uh, fly by the seat of your pants ride that continues to this day, almost five years into this thing. It's, it, it's, uh, it, you never take no for an answer. Never. People told us no every step of the way. Don't take Absolutely. no for an answer. You can do it too. Excellent message. So, Michael, night of Shark Tank, the story goes, Barbara Corcoran jumps in and says, here's 50 grand for 30% of the company. And what happened with your sales at that point after Shark Tank? I can tell you, Shark Tank night, December 3rd of 2017, we sold through those 4,000 units within about 10 minutes. <laughs> So, wow. and we knew that we, we kind of knew we were going to sell through those fairly quickly. I didn't think we knew it was going to be that quick, but right after that, we said we, well, not right after that, we prepared for that. We're like, we had to make the decision. Are we going to continue to sell, to sell uh, pre-sale? So basically, and we, you know, we need the money in order to make the product. So right. we had to make the fairly difficult decisions of taking people's money, letting them know that they're not going to get this product for months on end. Uh, because you know we had sold those first four thousand units, didn't have any more to make any more. So they're giving us their money. These customers are giving us the money with a pro- for a product that hasn't even started to be made yet. We hadn't even bought the fabric for it yet. So we we started that, started pre-selling the product. We did not get caught up <clears throat> until May of 2018. Mm-hmm. At that point, and at that point, we were in uh, had millions of dollars of sales already before we finally got caught up. Barbara is a brilliant businesswoman. 
And one of the things that she didn't want you to do is exactly what you ended up doing, Brian. She said, (laughs) stay online. Don't go into stores. Why did you go against somebody as brilliant as Barbara Corcoran? Because now you're in a bunch of different store chains, correct? Absolutely. You know, Barbara um, and all the sharks that night, you know, stay online. Don't mess with retail. Retail is a nightmare. It's a separate monster. All very, very true, um, which we found out. But uh, I remember we were visiting Barbara for the first time uh, in New York City in December of 2018. And uh, or was it 2018, 2017? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember uh, we were in a hotel room, Michael and I, sharing a hotel at that point still, you know, bootstrapping this thing. And I remember going, you know what, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest Costco guy in the world. I love Costco. And this product belongs in Costco because people could pick it up. I just envisioned it lying out on the tables there. People can pick it up. They can touch it. They can put it on. It's an instant sell. It has to be in Costco. It just makes too much sense. And so we immediately started talking to Barbara and her people and uh, said, we really want to do this. We really uh, believe in it going to retail. It'll help build the brand. Um, and so she connected us with, uh, someone who's, uh, uh, a world-class salesperson and long story short, she got us into Costco. Next thing you know, we're in QVC, Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, uh, anywhere you can, uh, anywhere you can think of. And so going into retail, yes, it is, it's very difficult. There are a lot of headaches. The retailers have a lot of powers. It takes you a long time to get paid. You have to deal with so many headaches in retail. However, I believe if we had not done that, if we had listened to Barbara and stayed online, this is such a big universal idea that someone else would have come in and become the brand. They would have stolen it from us. They would have knocked us off. They would have become the big brand because that retail exposure that you get and the legitimacy you get from retail, we thought was worth the uh, the risk of uh, delving into that world. And I am to this day so glad that uh, that we did as hard as it is. So that's another message for our listeners just because some of the smartest people in the world think yeah. it's not a good idea, you actually can prove them wrong if you believe and if you do it intelligently. We're not done yet. We'll be back in a moment. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash claimant. Just go to indeed.com slash claimant right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash claimant. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Michael, so 4,000 units back in December of that year, Today, how many units are you doing? Oh, we're, we've, we're pushing at this point uh, close to 10 million that we've sold worldwide. Wow. And, and yeah. what's interesting is you guys are evolving. And, and I, as I cover financial news, every business that starts, the person who's investing will say, or the people, they will say, 
how are you going to scale up? This is one single product. You guys have scaled up. You now do, because I went online and I was looking at these college comfies. Yeah. I mean, that is just, you, you can get your call. Immediately, I thought, my daughter, Syracuse, she's going to love this, um, mm. because it's so freaking freezing up there in upstate New York. So it's perfect. And then you look at all of the other opportunities. Did you really just sign a deal with Disney, Brian? We did. We did. We signed a deal with Disney, Lucasfilm. We've got Star Wars. We've got Baby Yoda. We've got uh, all the Marvel, the the the, uh, the Black Knight and uh, Spider Man. Black Panther. Black, did I say Black Knight? Sorry, yeah. I'm a golfer. Uh, Black Panther, Spider Man, um, all kinds. Of, I mean, we just got every, we just got everything now. Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse. Uh, 29 universities, including the Syracuse uh, Orangemen. Uh, I know. Imagine. So, how about Cal? Have you gotten Cal Berkeley? That's mine. That's no Cal Berkeley yet. Yeah. Sorry, but we do have Stanford across the bay there. Oh, you know what? I'm going to scratch your eyes out when I see you in person. Okay. So, so guys, what is the ultimate message here that you want our listeners who have ideas of their own, but are just kind of afraid to take that jump? What would you say to them, Michael? Well, you know, the old saying, uh, what is it? Perfection is the enemy of progress. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's something that uh, Brian and I have uh, always told each other because you have to be real careful because if you, uh, you get into this, you're trying to do everything perfectly, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning, you're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to be treading water. So, you, you know, it helped a lot, like I said, with uh, being with your brother to keep pushing each other and moving forward for sure. But just don't try to be perfect with everything. It's never, nothing is ever going to be perfect. So you just, you just gotta, you gotta keep moving forward or you'll just, you'll just stay there. So, and, t- and taking the risk, it's the scariest thing in the world when you have an idea and what do you do with that idea? The only way to move forward is you have to get it out. You have to get that idea out to people, experts that know what they're doing. So, uh, you just have, you just have to continue, uh, pushing forward and don't try to be perfect. Yeah. It's the power, Liz, it's the power of taking action. I mean, as cliche as it is. Mm-hmm. We could have sat there that uh, winter morning in 2017 when Michael had that idea and been like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that might be cool, but eh, someone else will come up with that or that's for someone else to do. We had no business doing something like this, but we believed in it. There was a, a, a million-dollar idea there that, that we saw and decided to, to take action. That's all we did. We got up the, off the couch and we did something about it. And I think that's where so many entrepreneurs get stuck because of the fear of failure. Uh, to Michael's point, the fear of not being perfect, not having all the knowledge and knowing everything, thinking you're going to get stuck along the way. Guess what? We were completely clueless in this whole thing from the beginning, but we decided that we were going to push forward no matter what and figure it out as we went along. And we are still doing that to this day. Just take action. Get off the couch and do something about that idea. Don't be the one 10 years from now to be like, oh, Remember when I thought of that way back in the day? Dang, I wish I would have done something about it. Oh. Just get off the couch and do something about it. And you know, things, things will take care of themselves if you just believe in yourself and, uh, and go for it. My dad was always, you know, I, I thought of fax machines before everybody else did. I said, yeah, <laughs> but dad, you didn't. <laughs> so you just said million dollar idea. You did 20 million in your first year in 2018. Uh, you're now what the the fifth best selling Shark Tank product in the show's history. You know, when do you see the B word billion? <laughs> oh, 
oh, I don't know. I, I, we're just trying to we're just trying to keep this thing going. You know, we've got uh, uh, competition come from all sides, and with, with the knockoffs and the mm. pirates out there, it's the worst part of business. Um, uh, another thing, another person who told us no in the beginning was our was our patent attorney. When we went in to 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 try to get a patent on this product, he's like, eh, probably not, guys. But you know, we'll take a crack at it. Well, guess what? Now, what are we up to, Michael? How many patents do we have? Nine. Uh, nine. Yeah, coming up. But yeah. yeah. Another five. So if we would have listened, if we would have listened to our attorney, we would have just walked right back out the door and not wasted our money. But we believe that there was some patentable about this. And now because of all the competition, all the knockoffs out there, we're able to fight people off uh, with the power of our IP, of our intellectual property, property. So, again, don't take no for an answer from anybody. That is the perfect way to wrap this up and wrap ourselves in the success story of the comfy Michael Bryan. Thank you so much for telling your story on Everyone Talks to Liz. Thanks for for having us, Liz. Liz, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, stay warm and cozy, although in Arizona, not so much, but, uh, you know, air conditioning, you still need it, right? You know it. And to all of our listeners, this is classic. Everyone talks to Liz, is it not? I mean, please do not take no for an answer. If you have that within you, go for it. And just like Brian and Michael's mom said, why not you? My dad used to say, there's always room for one more if it's you. So that's a different twist on all of it. Thank you guys very, very much. And thanks to everybody who's listening and who believe in the great American success story. I'll see you Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox Biz. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.